here with Emmanuel Esch, a good friend of mine who's been pretty involved actually in the refugee crisis and different things that are happening in the world uh, today. And um, yeah, we wanted to hear a little more about those experiences. Um, you've, you've served for several years now um, in Greece and different parts of that crisis. Can you tell us a little bit about those experiences and especially how has your thinking about refugees changed um, through this? I would say that uh, my perspective on the refugee crisis has definitely changed a lot since I'm involved in it. Mm. Before that, I, I was not involved in that specific work. But I feel like when we saw the open door and we saw what was happening, uh, our hearts began to, to uh, beat for the work and for uh, to be able for the church to be there. I believe that these people are coming from Muslim background perspective and they're coming from their country where there's been a lot of war, a lot of devastations, and their hearts are open to something new. And I believe the church should be there to meet them and to greet them and to love them. Mm. And so what's, what's one thing maybe about your, your mindset, your thinking of, of this particular crisis that you wish you would have known before you started getting involved? We missed the uh, initial uh, large flood, which was in the middle of 2015 into the mm. fall. We only got started in November. I wish I would have known it before. I wish I would have wow. got involved before. That's about my only really... <laughs> wish you would have been there sooner. Yeah, I do. Hmm. Because it's... Especially, we're sitting here in comfortable America. I mean, well, I'll just say that. It is comfortable right. here. We very have much. it very nice. And it's, it's well, way over there. I mean, it's in Greece. It's in different parts of Europe. It's in, you know, the Middle East. It's hard to quantify that, you know, because it just, it's just something over there. But when you're actually in it yourself, right. that radically shifts your perspective, yeah. I'm guessing. One of the things that happened to us on our first time over there was we would go out in the camp and work about an eight-hour shift there. And this was where the refugees would come off the boats. They would come up to, our, uh, up to that uh, camp there, and we would give them try to give dry clothes, dry shoes, and they would, uh, we tried to give them uh, a place to stay. And we would work there for eight hours. It was cold, it was wet, it was raining. And, we'd be, and we would actually get to go back to our apartment and have a hot shower hmm. and a dry bed. Mm -hmm. And that just really shifted my perspective to realize that these people are really in a difficult place. Wow. It made me feel very grateful for what we do have. Mm -hmm. So, because of your firsthand experience, just describe a little bit of the refugee crisis. Where is all this going? What's especially, what's some of the long-term concerns? We have millions, literally millions of people shifting locations around the globe. What is this going to look like, especially for the church in the years to come? When I see such a large group of people being moved globally, I believe that God is doing something. When I think of how God moved the children of Israel out of Egypt, millions of them, He was doing something. He had a plan. And, he's, and so he want, I believe He wants the church to be involved and to be on hand and to be ready and available to enter into whatever He is doing. Mm -hmm. uh, that is what I do feel like we have been able to do. We recognize the opportunity and we responded to that. And there's many open hearts and many people coming to Christ in the situation. And that's, that's, okay, I'll just say that's a little different perspective from a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of people that are like, ah, oh, no, you know, another crisis. We don't want all these refugees, whatever. And you're saying, well, God has a plan in this. 
Yeah, that's, that's, that's a little different. Absolutely. When you think about the countries that they're coming from, Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq, and Syria, hmm. mainly over there, um, how easy is it to send missionaries there to do missionary work to plant churches? Mm-hmm. It probably t- would take 5 to 10 to 20 years. Here we have these people coming out of those countries, coming across the water, ending up on the island there in the camp, and there the Christians are to love them, to smile, to, to, to receive them. And we get to be the, some of the first ones that they interact with when they arrive. Ah, that's, an, that's, that's incredible. And that's so yeah. God has called, I believe God is calling the church to rise up this challenge and to meet this need. Well, okay, so, so what, you kind of, what you said actually transitions really nicely with the next question, and that is, how do you see the, con- the more conservative churches, the Anabaptist churches, how are we uniquely equipped for this particular work? One of the things that happened on our first time over there again back in November 2015, there was a team of Mennonite young people there, and uh, they had earned the name as the, uh, the Mennonite work team. Hmm. And because they could, they could give them a job to do, and it would get done. Mm-hmm. They were also working with some other NGO young people who haven't learned all the, all, all the, uh, the disciplines of hard work and being faithful to do things completely. And so that, was a, that, has, been the, that has been the open door that has gotten huh. into the camp, Moria, where we are now, is simply hard work and when to do the dirty work. Huh. That's, okay, that, that's really interesting, the yeah. work ethic. The foundation that our young people do have is an incredible thing, uh, solid foundation that we should hold on to. Our young people should be holding on to that because they don't realize how valuable it is, really. Because, but we're working alongside of other NGO young people, and their values are not solid. Their lives are not that solid, but almost all of the... Anabaptist young people who are coming there to work in Greece, they have a solid foundation. Hmm. They have a good work ethic. They have a, a good understanding of, of biblical uh, theology, you might say. They have an understanding of Christ. They have an understanding of God. And they have an understanding of being, not being afraid to be different. And that really does stand out. And so it has been such a joy to work with the young people there in the midst of many other uh, non-Anabaptist young people because the testimony stands out very clearly. They would, they would rather choose the youth, the youth from the Anabaptist background to go and do a difficult work than others. Hmm. Because they can, they can mm-hmm. depend on them, they, can, they, they know that they'll be faithful in doing it. That is, a, that is one of the strengths that our young people are uh, working out over there. Mm-hmm. Now this one... I'm a little hesitant to ask this one. We weren't, when we were developing the script, I was like, boy, I hope this comes out correctly because this one's kind of a hot topic. But what are prejudices that we here in the West have um, in general against, you know, Middle Eastern countries or whatever, specifically refugees? And is there any merit to some of these? Isn't there? Like, what's, what's ways that we can step back from our prejudices and look at them honestly and be like, wait a second, that's right or that's wrong? Um, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, it feels like that's something our, our churches are really wrestling with. Well, I think the, the, uh, we are affected by the media more than we would like to admit. Ah, yeah. And so mm-hmm. 
with the Trump administration working against the refugees, a lot of fear being pumped out, being mm -hmm. pumped up mm -hmm. about the Muslims and so forth. Uh, that has done something in the hearts of people who are not attuned into what God is wanting to do, may I say it that way, but mm. rather we're just, you know, we're going about our nice, easy lifestyle here. We're making money, we're raising up children, we're trying to keep our families together. Uh, so that becomes the, the focus rather than focusing on the, the down and outers, the, the strangers that God loves. Uh, God specifically loves the strangers, the widows, and the orphans, and He cares about them. And I believe that if we will enter into uh, caring for the strangers, in this case the refugees, that God will look upon that and pour out a blessing as we give ourselves to that. Well, and that's the thing with prejudices too, though. Like it just, it's, you don't know you have them, you know, um, as a general rule. Mm -hmm. and, yet, and yet I, I know I've you know, from my travel experiences in the Middle East and, and in various Muslim nations and things like that, when I come back, it's, I, I see things a lot differently, you know, and, and you're just like, well, you know, I used to think, just assume certain things that, well, maybe they're actually not true, or maybe, I, you know, I misunderstood something. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's an easy road to go down. I know God wants us to love all men everywhere. Mm -hmm. And yeah. not just with yeah. our mind, but with our hearts and with our hands and to actually be there. Uh, love is the principal thing for these people. That is over and over again, I'm being told that by some of the, uh, some of the converts. They're saying, it was love that drew me. It was when we watched you that we, we saw something different in your life. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, one of the women who ended up in Germany she later testified and said, it was when I saw those people in Moria camp that I decided to become a Christian. And she said, they didn't give me any gospel tracts, they didn't give me any Bible, they didn't preach to me, nothing. All I did was I watched their lives and I saw something worthwhile and I wanted that. They're, they, they're seeking refuge. Mm -hmm. They're seeking true refuge. And Jesus Christ is the true refuge for all men. Yeah, now that's easy to forget, you know, um, right. because we're sitting, you know, we're, we're sitting in a fairly comfortable situation. Yes. Um, yep. At least in general, I'm guessing most of our audience is, and we are. Um, we just forget. In your view, what's something or, or several things that our Anabaptist churches could be doing in response to this? And, and as you're sharing, there, is, there are people responding, yes, definitely. Yes. Um, but what's something that you see as lacking? One of my greater concerns has to do with our young people. Hmm. Our young people really need something to do for God. Uh, in this generation, th they want to be involved, they want to do something, but I feel like we as leaders of our Anabaptist churches and groups, we've not really seen the need for that, and maybe we haven't provided for that need. Hmm. Uh, a lot of the youth who who end up going to serve a month or three months there in Greece, uh, their lives are changed. Their perspectives are changed. Over and over again, uh, when they're about ready to go home, I've heard them say, I never realized I was so selfish. I didn't know I was so selfish. That has come up numerous times. And so what I would like to see our Anabaptist uh, churches do, I would like to see them catch a vision of what God wants to do, first of all, 
in the hearts and lives of the people who have never heard the gospel, to believe that God wants them to hear the gospel, to believe that God is bringing them out of their countries so that they can hear the gospel. And once we recognize that, then, then the call comes, now we need to send people to meet them there when they come. Mm-hmm. I would like to see our churches get behind some training for our young people. Many of them have not had mission training. A lot have had some mission experience, maybe went a few weeks or so, but they've never really had training, specific training with a long-term vision and goal. Mm, I would like to see our churches get behind some training for our young people, not just in sending them there, but actually funding it. Funding our young people, because if we don't do that, what will our young people do? I would like to see us get involved as churches to prepare our young people for the work of God Mm, uh that is at hand. That sounds like a big project, but doable too. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. yeah, like churches coming together with a common goal of we are going to respond specifically to you know this particular crisis or this particular need in the world yes. by training young people or by yeah that, I don't know that's 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 a powerful thought. I really like that. Thank you everyone for watching this episode and um, let us know what you think. Um, Put a comment down below or maybe there's some questions you have uh, for Emmanuel and perhaps we'll do some follow-up videos on this. This is something that is very current and relevant to our people and to our nation. Um, Something we definitely need to be thinking about. Thank you for listening to Anabaptist Perspectives. Your listening and sharing this with friends helps more people find our episodes. A special thanks to all of you who support Anabaptist Perspectives financially. We are here because of you. If you haven't had the chance to give yet this year, would you consider making a year-end donation? You can donate on our website or by check. Thank you so much for listening and supporting Anabaptist Perspectives. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We invite you to join our monthly partner program. Monthly partners are key to the financial sustainability of Anabaptist Perspectives. Partners also gain access to bonus content, including our exclusive podcast where we respond to audience questions and comments. Sign up at anabaptistperspectives.org.